What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. How you guys doing? How's your week? How's your Friday? Getting through it? Getting ready for the nice weekend ahead, hopefully. And hopefully you guys also had a nice week. Made some nice bets, cashed some games, and uh, I know we're always here to help out with that. So we're doing something new. We decided this week we're going to start doing a weekly lineup, kind of a weekly schedule. And every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so on and so forth, we're going to be doing a specific topic, a specific focus on the podcast. If you guys would like to know what that weekly schedule is, head over to Twitter, give us a follow at SharpAnglePod, and we've uh, posted some updates there. But on Fridays, today is a Friday, and on Fridays, we're going to start doing deep dive handicaps. This will give you guys kind of an insight as to how I do my handicaps, how I land on the games I land on, and how I go about this process. Because it's crucially important that everyone out there taking picks from anyone, whether it's me or another TV show or another podcast or whatever, you know how they handicap. Because the sort of uh, the weird thing about the world of sports betting is over the long run, the worst you're going to do, the absolute worst you're going to do is 50%. Whether it's me or my dog or my sister, <laughs> you know, that that's why the house charges the VIG because you have to go 52.38 or we can round and say 52.4% just to break even over the long run. So, you know, I know a lot of people on Twitter or different shows, whatever, like to give out games. And I know we like to give out our quick picks on the weekends, but these shows, these Friday shows will let you guys know how much work we do for every game. And look, every single game we give out on the weekends, whether it's Saturday or Sunday on the quick picks, I'm putting in this much work, if not more for all of those games. I mean, sometimes it takes an hour just to handicap one game. So on Fridays, we thought it was a good idea to go through, do a deep dive handicap on a game coming up for the weekend, and let you guys kind of get an insight as to how we go about our job here on the Sharp Angle Podcast. So uh, before we get going today, special thanks to Woos Media. This is, of course, a Woos Media podcast, but they do a whole heck of a lot more than just podcasting at Woos Media. If you know a business, know anyone who owns a business, or simply want to make more of your online marketing, start showing up on different apps websites, social media, you've got to contact Woos Media. They are one of the best companies and one of the most affordable companies for getting in front of clientele you want to get in front of on apps, websites, social media, anywhere online. Check uh, Woos Media out online, W-O-O-Z-E media.com and improve your online presence today. All right, so the game we're going to be handicapping on this beautiful Friday, well, Depending on what part of the uh, what part of the country you're in, we are. I'm in Denver, Colorado. A lot of you guys know that, and uh, it's snowing here. It's like 25 and snowing, and you know what? I love it. To me, that means football weather. But wherever you guys are in the country, hopefully it's it's just as good around you. So I don't like I don't mind the snow, man. I like it. Some of my friends, some of my neighbors just hate it, can't stand it. But I'm a snow guy. I like the snow, but. Uh, Anyway, uh, the game we're going to be handicapping for this weekend is going to be played... When is this game going to be played? Let's just double-check this for you so we can get the right time and date. Um, Okay, Newcastle-Fulham. Tomorrow, it's going to be noon Pacific, uh, 3 o'clock Eastern. Noon Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern, Newcastle hosting Fulham in the Premier League. So, the line for this game 
And for those who don't know, soccer games have a couple different ways to bet it. The two we're going to talk about today is simply winning, right? The money line. But in soccer, there's a three-way money line because you can bet on the the draw happening as well. You can bet on the tie. So right now, the three-way money line is Newcastle plus 160. The draw is plus 225. And Fulham is plus 180. The draw, no bet, which means if there's a draw, you get your money back. The draw, no bet is currently Newcastle, minus 120, Fulham, minus 105. These numbers will vary slightly website to website, uh, sportsbook to sportsbook. We are just kind of taking a uh, market consensus today, and I'm sort of averaging these numbers for what you guys should be able to find. So the market consensus is Newcastle, minus 120, draw no bet. Fulham, minus 105, draw no bet. On the three-way money line, Newcastle, plus 160, draw, plus 225, Fulham, plus 180. So our starting point for this handicap is going to be simple. What does this line tell us? Because what you learn handicapping soccer for a long time, and as you guys know, soccer is my, my, my best sport, probably besides the NHL, right? It's the NHL or English soccer. Those two are really hand-in-hand hand for, my, for my best sports. But when you handicap soccer for a long time, you understand what these lines mean, okay? And an average line for two equal teams. So if you have teams who are looked at to be very equal in the power rankings, or at least the power rankings that that Vegas uses during COVID. So so keep in mind, everything I'm talking about today is during COVID, obviously. We're living in the COVID times, everything for home field and travel, all of that takes COVID into account. So the average line for two equal teams is this. The home team is plus 115. The draw is plus 300. And the away team is plus 220. Now, that's a bit of a rough range, okay? But that's that's going to be right around there if you're getting two teams who are looked at to be equal. Again, home team plus 115. Away team plus 220. Well, obviously, if we simply look at the Newcastle Fulham line, we can see that based on immediate reaction, the market thinks Fulham is right now actually a better team the Newcastle, because we're, we're getting heavily into that territory of the favorite who should be, if they're equal, plus 115, is now plus 160. And the underdog, Fulham, the away team, who should be maybe around 220 if they're equal, is plus 180. So as you guys can see, we're starting to tip the scales in terms of, oh, wow, the market, without doing any additional homework or any additional handicapping, the market thinks Fulham is actually a better team which makes me want to dive in and do some more work. See, we don't deep dive handicap every single game. I mean, you've got to have a starting point for a lot of these games. And the starting point for me is you go through, you see the lines, you have your own lines. So I've got my own to compare these off of. And when I see a big discrepancy like I did here, then it's a red flag to say, okay, more work is needed. Am I missing something or is the market missing something? Why is there a difference in the numbers here? So where we're going to start off with this handicap is looking at Fulham, or excuse me, looking at Newcastle and seeing why the hate for Newcastle. Why may they be undervalued or just simply taken down in their price here? Because something has to be going on for Newcastle to be plus 160 if I have them as a better team than Newcastle. So what's going on here? Why, why, why the hate for Newcastle? And we can start off with the fact that, well, Newcastle had a COVID outbreak almost three weeks ago on the team. There were a lot of players who had COVID or around COVID. 
contact tracing left a lot of these guys out of the lineup. And honestly, if you ask me, the market is still heavily downgrading Fulham for those COVID outbreaks, for those COVID uh, uh, absences. But honestly, the team in general is getting healthier at a much faster pace than the market is saying. As a matter of fact, Newcastle is pretty much to 100% health. They have a couple guys coming back this week, which we'll talk about in a minute. And the, the idea that Newcastle is still caught up in this COVID uh, outbreak is, is uh, not true. I mean, following the team, following the Twitter, following everything, the market still seems to be downgrading them when I think that they're getting healthy at a pretty fast pace. Another reason why the market may be downgrading Newcastle is their quote-unquote poor form. Okay, this line is being greatly influenced by Newcastle's 5-2 loss last time out against Leeds. By the way, that game was 2-2 in the 65th minute. But when you look at that last game, which Newcastle did not play well in, and combine it with the fact that Newcastle is one of the least bet teams in the Premier League. I mean, Newcastle, both in the UK and the Amer- and the United States, Newcastle gets maybe the, the least action of any Premier League team. They don't get much money at all. So you combine that fact that they haven't played well according to the for- a lot of these form meters online, and they just lost 5-2 against Leeds, and they don't get bet on a lot. Well, these are reasons you can start to see why Newcastle is being disrespected here. Again, their last game, 5-2 loss against lead, uh, tied 2-2 in the 65th minute. But if you look at that game a little closer, there were a lot of reserves starting for Newcastle. First of all, because of the COVID outbreak. But second of all, these are the holiday fixtures. The holiday fixtures are... The holiday fixtures... The holiday fixtures are... It's a what like a, a, a three-week period during the year, the end of December, early January, where there are a lot of games in the Premier League, pretty much a game every other day. And so these teams are playing at an unbelievable pace right now. Some of these teams are playing three games in a week. So for that fact, you expect these managers to make changes. And Steve Bruce made a lot of changes the last time Newcastle played Leeds. So... What everyone else saw was a Newcastle team go out and get embarrassed who was getting healthier from COVID. But what I saw was a team who still had a couple absences from COVID, three main pieces, and we're starting about five reserves. That's eight out of the 11 starters who shouldn't even be playing for Newcastle. Well, now that they're a little bit healthier, now that they're getting a little bit better, and now that Newcastle's bringing back Emil Kraft, Jojo Shelby, and Miguel Almiron... Those three players will, well, they're expected to return to the starting lineup. Newcastle could be looking at almost a full roster here. Almost a completely healthy team. But if you rewind and look at that loss to Leeds, besides that loss, Newcastle has only lost three times in their last 10 games. Those three losses, Man United, Chelsea, and Southampton. By the way, Southampton is currently third place in the Premier League. So the three losses that Newcastle's had in their last 10 games have been against Man United, Chelsea, and third place Southampton. Does that sound like a team who's not in good form to you? But if you just look at the paper, if you just look at these little you know, form meters online, you would think that Newcastle's not playing good soccer, when I actually disagree with that. As I mentioned, Kraft, Shelby, Almiron, all expected to start this game for Newcastle. And if you look up top, Callum Wilson, the striker for Newcastle, is having a breakout season. As a matter of fact, Callum Wilson 
is involved or has been involved so far in 10 goals in his first 11 games. That is the quickest English player to reach that goal since Alan Schreer did it in 1996, who did it in 10 games. It's taken Callum Wilson 11 games. Again, the stat is Callum Wilson has been involved in 10 goals this season and he's played 11 games. So if you look up top, if Joe Ellington, who I expect to play this game, is healthy and you can get uh, Callum Wilson up top, Joe Ellington up top, this great solid midfield who's now rested and healthy, and the back four who's bringing back a couple solid defenders who were uh, sitting out last game for no other reason than, than, than rest and fatigue, Newcastle should be bringing pretty much a, a, a squad who is, in my opinion, far more talented than what Fulham has on the field. And my last kind of, uh, when you look at Newcastle, my last factor as to why the market may be downgrading them here, if you look at expected goals at home this year, Newcastle is 16th in expected goals at home, and they're fourth worst in expected goals given up. So a lot of these stat guys who just like to pull up expected goals and use that as a heavy stat, I've got some news for you. That Newcastle, even though they don't have great expected goals or expected goals against stats, Newcastle has played, according to my metrics, the second hardest home schedule so far of anyone in the Premier League. I mean, they've had a very, very difficult home schedule. So what does that mean for those stats? That means those stats aren't accurately representing how good this Newcastle team can be. So I think that always we should start with math, we should look at math, look at stats, but you have to understand that statistics inherently don't always necessarily tell the truth. Right now, if you look at the overall expected goals per game at home, Newcastle is not the fourth worst defense in the Premier League. They just played teams who expose Newcastle, and Newcastle has been banged up a little bit. You add the COVID issues on top, and you start to understand why some of these stats are how they are. But really, if you look at all these factors and combine them in, the COVID issue, I disagree with. The poor form, I disagree with. You know the COVID issue, by the way, players are coming back. Pretty healthy pace. The poor form, we talked about. The other three losses in the last 10 games besides Leeds, which would make it 11 games, but the last 10 games besides that, the three losses were Man U, Chelsea, and number three, Southampton. So I don't think this team's in poor form. Plus, the, the massive returning players on, on the roster, I think, are being overlooked or not accounted for all the way. I think this team should be heavily upgraded based on these players coming back. And if I just look at my ratings, my overall ratings say this line should be different. My overall ratings say Newcastle is substantially better than Fulham. And this line is very, very disrespectful for Newcastle. I understand the expected goal stats, but Newcastle, as I said, very, very hard home schedule, second most difficult home schedule so far this year. And that's why I think that these Newcastle factors are wrong. And that's why I think this that there's a little bit of value here. Now, we're going to get to Fulham in just a minute, but I do think that this game has a lot more to do with the disrespect of Newcastle rather than the love for Fulham. But let's get to, the, to, to Fulham right now. Because Fulham has tied two games in a row. And why is that important? Well, that's important because this is the first time <laughs> all year, all season, that Fulham has gone two games in a row without a loss. Okay? This team has a lot of issues. You know, they, they have holes in the midfield, not a very tight back four. Up top, they have Alexander Mitrovic, who 
alone by himself as a great striker, but he doesn't fit well with what they're doing around him this season in Fulham. Now, Alexander Mitrovic should return to this game. He he was on the bench last game, was subbed in around the 70th, 75th minute for uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and I do not think Loftus-Cheek has done very well this year at all for Fulham. But up top, you know, Alexander Mitrovic will be, and and, and maybe, well, I, 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 the way to phrase this is, uh, the, he will be upgraded in the market, but I don't think it should be that big of an upgrade, or at least uh, uh, how, how big they're saying it should be in Vegas or at different sports books. I think Alexander Mitrovic is a good player, but as I said, and as I'll elaborate on here in a minute, he doesn't mix well with what they're trying to do. Aside from him in the midfield, Tom Kearney is a big sit or start for this game. He's about 50-50 right now to play, but the way I do my handicaps, I'm going to assume Tom Kearney's playing because if he doesn't play, that's only better for us. You know, it, it, it's sort of like a free roll because if he does play, well, that's okay because we did our handicap with Tom Kearney included anyway. And for those who don't know, Tom Kearney, the captain of this team, very good midfielder. He's played at a lot of different both Premier League and Championship teams, he knows what he's doing in the midfield. He's a guy who you feel comfortable with for Fulham. So we did our handicap assuming he will play, but right now he's about 50-50. And besides those couple guys, you know, Scott Parker is likely to not make many changes. They've drawn two in a row. One of those two was against Liverpool. And so it's natural for the young manager, Scott Parker, to say, uh, let's not make many changes. Okay, so those are the positives for Fulham. Now, I mentioned Newcastle their last 10 games, those three losses to uh, Chelsea, uh, Man U, and Southampton. Well, Fulham's last 10 games, they've only won two. They've drawn three and lost five. Again, last 10 games, Fulham, two wins, three draws, five losses. And their two wins were against Leicester, good win, and then West Brom, who is, I think, right now, second to last in the Premier League. So I look at all the Fulham factors, right? Same thing I did for Newcastle. Let's look at the factors and see whether we agree or disagree with what the line is doing. So let's start off with Fulham's good form. Well, I certainly disagree with that because they've only drawn two games in a row. If we're going to start crowning teams or, or making teams uh, uh, more expensive for drawing twice in a row, I think that's setting the bar extremely low, especially in the Premier League. Okay, So the whole thing about Fulham's playing good soccer... I disagree with. I mean, they're playing decent soccer, but it's nothing to, to write home about, okay? Number two, Alexander Mitrovic. We talked about this. He's a great finisher. He's a great striker. I do believe that. But it doesn't make the team better. Last year, when Fulham was in the championship, I downgraded Fulham when Alexander Mitrovic came back from a suspension. And everybody said I was crazy. Well, everyone who knows... <laughs> enough about EFL soccer, but you know, everyone who bets it said, oh, you're crazy. How can you downgrade them? Alexander Mitrovic, one of the best scorers. It's like, yeah, I understand he's a good and good score by himself, but he, he doesn't make the team better. As a matter of fact, I think the team was last year worse when he was on the field. Now you could argue that, you know, if he gets the ball, he can do some, some, some damage up top. That's fine. But to, to think that he's coming back in the starting lineup, therefore we boost this team, especially as much as they're being boosted, I think is crazy. And last, Scott Parker not making many changes because he doesn't want to mess things up, I think is a bad, bad move right now because we are in the middle of the holiday fixtures. Fatigue is the single biggest factor in injuries and players missing time this time of the season. So Scott Parker, I know it's sort of like he, I don't blame him, by the way. 
You know, Fulham is in relegation zone right now. They need to start cranking out some results. But to think the way to do that is to just keep starting the same 11 over and over and over, that's not going to do well. I mean, your, your, your players are going to start getting tired very quickly. You're going to see the results on the field. And I think that if I'm correct in this whole fatigue thing, late in the second half could be a bad time for Fulham. I'm just saying. So I think they do, do need to make changes. The only problem is... If Scott Parker recognizes this in the first half and wants to make changes for Fulham, Fulham is not a deep team. This is not a team who has a lot of depth. And I think that when you look over at Newcastle, you know, they've had a lot of issues the last couple weeks, right? I mean, they've had COVID outbreaks and injuries and all this different stuff, but still, like we've said, the last 11 games, they've only lost four. Like, Newcastle isn't tanking. They're not dropping the ball here. And that is a testament to Newcastle's depth, Newcastle's talent, something that Fulham doesn't have. So again, when you look at all the factors combined here, why the love for Newcastle, or excuse me, why the love for Fulham, why the hate for Newcastle, I simply disagree with a lot of the factors that are impacting the market. And that's what handicapping a lot of the time comes down to, right? If there's a line that we disagree with, the number one thing any good handicapper has to do is not start digging in and handicapping. It's to find out why. The line is different than you think it should be. If you can tell me the line should be Newcastle plus 125 instead of plus 160, I'm going to say, great. Why is that? And if you can't give a lot of good reasons as to why the market's being influenced, you shouldn't be betting that game either way. You have to know what's going on behind the scenes. Why is the market upgrading Fulham and downgrading Newcastle? And with the Newcastle downgrades, again, to repeat some of them, COVID, poor form, uh, expected goal stats. You know, there's a lot of reasons why on paper you could say, yeah, let's downgrade Newcastle. But when I dig deeper and look deeper, I disagree with a lot of those downgrades. And the upgrades for Fulham, same thing. I don't think they're in good form. I don't think that Alexander Mitrovic is that much of an upgrade coming back. And I think still Scott Parker not rotating his squad is going to be a huge negative. So overall, I agree that... You know, maybe Newcastle isn't playing like a top 10 team right now, but to think the line should be plus 160 Newcastle, plus 180 Fulham, draw plus 225, that to me is heavy value for Newcastle. Now, to wrap this thing up, let's talk about the style of each team here. Because again, stylistically, on paper, you may like Fulham. But I've got some news for you. Newcastle doesn't play the classic style of soccer that's exciting, that scores goals, or that everyone likes to watch. The way Newcastle plays is to be adaptive, to be versatile, to be able to play defense or run the ball up on offense. But I think there's a, a clash of styles here in this game. Fulham only has one gear. Fulham wants the ball. They want to force the action. They want to attack. Fulham needs to pressure. That's who this team is. That's how they're built. That's how Scott Parker likes to play. That's how these players like to play. Push the ball, hold the ball, force the attack. Well, the only issue there is Newcastle is content playing defense, content holding their shape, and counterattacking. My projections for this game are about 55% possession for Fulham, 45% possession for Newcastle. And those numbers could go all the way up to maybe about 60-40. Okay, Fulham will hold the ball here. Matter of fact, if you look at touches... The amount of times each team touches the ball in each game, Fulham is about average. They're 10th out of 20 teams in the Premier League for touches. You want to know what Newcastle ranks in that same category? They're dead last. They're 20th. And that's that's not a bad thing. A lot of people look at that and say, oh, that's a terrible thing, Newcastle. No, 
Newcastle's not a team who relies on holding the ball to have success. Now, different teams play different styles. When Liverpool played Tottenham the other day, Jurgen Klopp, after the game, he said the, the very first thing Jurgen Klopp referenced was the possession. He said, we wanted to hold the ball. We wanted to dictate the flow of the game. We wanted to hold possession. That's great. For a, for a Liverpool team, you handicap them differently because they need possession. They want possession. They, they, they crave possession. And they like dictating the flow of the game. Well, even though Fulham will hold the ball, I think we can all agree. Fulham in the final third and Liverpool in the final third is a very different thing. And I think we can also agree that Liverpool in the back end is so much stronger and better at, at, at stopping the counters than Fulham is. I mean, Fulham is like Swiss cheese at the back. Once they start attacking, watch out. And the counterattack is one of the things that Newcastle actually does the best. So when you start to see the way that both these teams play, Fulham needs the ball. Newcastle prefers they don't have the ball and prefers counterattacking. This game, to me, plays right into Newcastle's hands. Now, Again, expect Fulham to get more shots. Expect Fulham to hold the ball more. But Newcastle will frustrate this young team. They will be able to counter, and they will find openings at the back. But that's not the only way Newcastle can win. Newcastle can also win holding the ball, working through the midfield, finding shots. See, if Newcastle comes out and is defending, 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 and and they don't have the ball, that's fine. Because again, I think that works into their favor. Fulham pushing, Newcastle countering, that's good. But if Newcastle comes out and they have the ball and they're pushing, I'm not going to be worried. I'm not going to say, oh, shit, the handicap said, you know, that, that Fulham had the ball. Now Newcastle's pushing. Are they going to get counted? What's going to happen? That's fine. Newcastle can win multiple ways. If Newcastle is actually pushing Fulham, that's good for our handicap because that means Fulham is very uncomfortable doing something they don't want to do. If Fulham's pushing Newcastle, that's also okay because Newcastle prefers sitting back. My point is, if Fulham loses the ball and they lose possession and gives Newcastle, Newcastle could push it down. They are very, very capable, being Newcastle, of scoring, being creative in the final third, and holding the ball in a creative way, in a uh, productive way. So I see a lot of different ways for Newcastle to either win or draw this game, and I just don't see as many for Fulham. And that's why our bet of the day, our best bet for Friday, is going to be Newcastle, draw no bet, minus 120. Again, Newcastle. Our bet of the day is Newcastle, draw no bet, minus 120. I think it's the right play. I think that if you look at everything added up, Fulham is just being overvalued here for what's been going on recently, and Newcastle not getting nearly the love that I think they deserve. Now, again, I'm not saying Newcastle is a great Premier League team. I'm not saying Fulham is a terrible Premier League team. What I'm saying is that my numbers show far less or far more value here for Newcastle, first of all, than any other team on the docket for tomorrow. But second of all, in this spot against Fulham, I think that Newcastle is being undervalued heavily. I think Fulham's being overvalued greatly. And those two combine for a good bet. Draw no bet, Newcastle, minus 120 is our bet for tomorrow. All right, there you guys go. Good luck with whatever you've got going on tonight. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.